0: And get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go! Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your day.
1: This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the Mousecapade Podcast. This is episode 313, and we have some news you can use, and possibly a rumor or two, and some history. But before we start, we would like to encourage you to check out our friends at thewaltexpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks and all things Disney another thing I want to point out is yesterday the 2019 vacation packages for Disney were released so if you're interested in booking a trip you might want to call us and ask us for some information you can get a free quote I know my daughter is looking forward to it because she is going to take her first friend trip to Disney next March
2: yeah it's gonna be fun that's all you have to say (laughs) Well, I mean, it's so far away. We can do an episode on it next year, but I mean, that's March. We got a little while. It'll be here before you know it. I know. I just need to pace my life or I'm going to go insane over here. Well, this weekend was opening weekend for The Incredibles 2. Now, we aren't going to give any spoilers because we realized that not all of our listeners have seen the movie or had the opportunity to see it yet, but we still wanted to let you know that it did not disappoint. We had the opportunity opportunity to see it. It was awesome. So just look forward to it if you haven't seen it yet. So Incredibles 2 actually made box office history and after 14 years Pixar brought us Incredibles 2 and domestically the movie made 180 million dollars for the first weekend and then approximately 51.5 million dollars internationally. Now these numbers make it the biggest opening of all time for an animated film ahead of Finding Dory the eighth largest opening of all time. And the second biggest June opening of all time behind Jurassic World.
1: I think it's bigger than they even anticipated. I mean, because didn't they say they were hoping that it made somewhere between 130 and 150 million or something to that effect? Yeah,
2: I think I wonder if they didn't want to get their hopes up and think just because it was a sequel that a ton of people were going to see it and so they didn't want to overestimate the numbers. So maybe they, they shot for a lower number to be like, well, I guess if we make this number, that's pretty good. And they were hoping for higher, which obviously it exceeded what they were thinking.
1: Well, just in the theater we were in, before noon, they had eight showings of The Incredibles 2. So, that was one theater in the United States, so I can only imagine how many theaters and how many showings of The Incredibles 2 were aired this weekend. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, the most of the board said Incredibles 2,
2: Incredibles 2, Incredibles 2. And I was like, wow. I know they're really, <laughs> it was like Incredibles 2, Incredibles 2, some other movie, Incredibles 2, Incredibles 2, some other movie. And like most everybody that was there that early in the morning was going to see the Incredibles 2, not anything else.
1: So along with the Incredibles 2, they had the new Pixar short. I'm going to say it the best that I can. So if I mispronounce it, I apologize. I think it's, I said it was Bayo, but my son says it's Bao and it was directed by Domi Shi. She is the first woman to direct a Pixar Pixar short. Excuse me. So I don't want to ruin it for anybody so if you have not seen it and you don't want to hear what I have to say, then turn the podcast down or go forward a little bit. But I do want to talk about this because we went with our friends and one of our listeners that listens every week and that's Angela. We went with her family to see this movie because our kids kind of grew up together watching Disney movies and it's become like a tradition for us and we saw this short and we left there very confused so we felt like we needed to research it so that we could help people out that saw it and were like confused like we were so it was about this lady creating dumplings and she made a dumpling baby but what Domi she said is she was an only child growing up and because of that which is what I interpreted from it and Kaylee said it made sense to her when we were just talking about it before we started but that that dumpling was that lady's baby. Like the baby was not there anymore and she needed something to care for. So it was just a representation of her son in the short bow or however you say it, bao. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or say it wrong, but that dumpling was just simply her way of protecting. So she treated that dumpling like a child throughout the whole Pixar short. It was not because she thought that that was going to turn into a live person and it it didn't have more meaning than what what I interpreted it to be. Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I actually was looking up what the director of the short had to say about it. Like what you said was the gist, but I was looking at the really broken down part where she was talking about where she got her inspiration for different, now this is the part I don't want to go into because it'll give away the details of the short. Okay. But in certain scenes she's talking about what she was thinking and reading that it makes way more sense now. So listeners after you go see Incredibles 2 and you get a chance to see this I would say watch it with an open mind because it's pretty different compared to the Pixar shorts we're all used to and then go and watch the like read something or watch a video on the breakdown of every scene and it will make much more sense. And it has a, as mom was just saying, it has a deeper meaning than what you like originally are just watching because if you don't think of it in a metaphorical way, it's pretty disturbing almost. But it's still very Disney in the fact that it's very original. But she was very proud of the work that came out of her being the first female
1: Pixar short director. And so she's hoping that people will, after they see why she did it the way that she did it, it will make more sense and it'll become a favorite of them. The thing I think that I forget about about most Pixar shorts is a lot of them, they have zero
2: talking. So it's all in the picture pictures and how it's portrayed. Yeah, that is true. Um and I think they keep it that way on purpose because um I think we actually have seen that in an interview before. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but with John Lasseter talking about how it really challenges them to push boundaries technologically and with their storytelling abilities because they don't have the the vocal acting as a part of it so they have to really be able to create emotion just through animation and the movements and the different storylines they have to be able to make it interesting without the um voice right and you you are correct that is in the little bleep before we go
1: into the pixar shorts at epcot in orlando florida so you are right about that
2: all right so the dreaming up parade soars into tokyo disneyland The 35th anniversary, happiest celebration festivities are in full swing at Tokyo Disneyland, and the Dreaming Up Parade is definitely a highlight. The Tokyo Disney Resort is known for excellence, so it's not a surprise that this parade has been super popular there. And it premiered on April 15th, 2018. It features Mickey and friends in a world of fantasy and imagination. I don't know, have you watched this online? I watched bits and pieces of it. Because I was like, obviously, unless you took a trip and didn't and tell me recently. We have not seen this in person. I've been with you pretty much, so I think you would have noticed if I was gone for, for
1: just Tokyo. And I that. don't know. Just always check-in. You know, I did not take any trips but you can watch it uh, a YouTube video of it and I know that the crowds were pretty big for this parade which is what they were hoping for of course. You know, they always want to have a large crowd coming to watch their shows. Uh, This week in ShopDisney.com for June 15th there were a number of items that were added. I'm not going to sit there and read them all to you but I did want to mention that Wreck-It Ralph uh, 2 Magic Bands came out. Incredibles 2 Magic Bands and Incredibles 2 Limited Edition Doll Set and Incredibles two socks and some Christmas ornaments so if you want to go to shopdisney.com and check it out you'll see some new and exciting Disney items.
2: Alright, so union workers are protesting the wages at the Disneyland entrance. So Disneyland Resort union workers protested on June 14th at the resort over their hourly wage negotiations. The Orange County Register reported that about 150 cast members and union workers protested at Disneyland and the workers Reportedly marched up to Disneyland gate banging drums and chanting, They make the money, we make the magic. Disneyland and the local unions have been negotiating for almost a year to come to a contract agreement, and most of the discussion is in regards to hourly wages. Um, about two weeks ago, Disney announced that they plan to increase certain workers' wages by 36% by the year 2020, which, which we, we did mention. Right, um, you mentioned a it last week, ago. I think. Yeah. And many have pointed out that while the company has been profitable, they have haven't passed those profits down to their hardworking employees. Martin Gonzalez custodial cast member says we want Disney to realize that we're asking for fair wages, the ability to have a good job, and be able to support ourselves. Unfortunately that seems to be an across the board thing Yes, but Disney is not an exception to this. Um, Disney spokeswoman Susie Brown says we are currently negotiating one of the largest union contracts at Disneyland Resort with an offer that increases starting wages by 36% over three years, paying $15 an hour by 2020, two years ahead of California's minimum wage. In addition, we are launching an education program that will help hourly cast members pursue skills and degrees to further their careers. We are proud of our commitment to our cast and the fact that more people choose to work at Disneyland Resort than anywhere else in Orange County. Disneyland Resort guest Peter Cook of Canada says, you'd think for $100 just to get in the gate, they could afford to pay their workers more. Last week Senator Bernie Sanders criticized Disney for employee wages and he was quoted saying if a corporation like Disney has enough to pay its CEO over 400 million dollars in a four-year period it darn well has enough to pay its workers at least 15 bucks an hour. This seems like it's just going to be a heated topic for a long time and even after it leaves the Disney sphere it's gonna spread it's just gonna be present.
1: I don't think it's going away anytime soon and anytime anything involves money it always drags out because they don't want to have to pay more and they don't want to give up because they know how hard they're working it's very similar to what we're dealing with as educators but uh, we just kind of have to sit back and watch and see what happens so in Shanghai at the Disney Resort they had the opportunity to have on June 14th their first stage performance of Beauty and the Beast at the Walt Disney Grand Theater and the Broadway show was brought to Shanghai but it had to be translated into Mandarin and it needed to be adapted for Chinese culture. So I'm imagining just like you said with The Small World on one of our episodes last week about how hard that is to translate because things don't translate perfectly. How hard this was to translate Beauty and the Beast to Mandarin and also adapt it so that Chinese culture is added to the... I mean, I'm, I'm trying to picture this in my mind and I couldn't find a YouTube video. I'm sure by now there is one out, but I want to see what that looks like, even if I just see a portion
2: of it. Yeah, I guess my question is, why did they have to adapt it for Chinese culture when it's not a story about a Chinese... Like, the, the characters don't have Chinese heritage or anything. I have no idea. So I wonder why they were worried about adopting the Chinese culture. I don't know. But it, it represents the second
1: Chinese... or Excuse me, collaboration between Shanghai Disney Resort and Disney Theatrical productions. It integrates a classic tale with local language translations and talented local cast members. The specially adapted story elements create a captivating new production that will resonate with audiences of all ages. Broadway's original Beauty and the Beast production team had traveled to Shanghai and they assisted in bringing this Mandarin version to life. And I can only imagine what that was like for them too. And I hope they had translators there because if they were trying to explain how they did things and they were trying to teach them how. I don't oh, know, they would have had to have had translators there's no way they could have gotten that done in a timely fashion without them right I don't know but Beauty and the Beast was the first Disney film that was ever adapted for stage and it has been performed on Broadway now for 13 years and it continues to entertain audiences around the world with international productions and tours so it'll be interesting to see if it's as big at Shanghai as it is in the United States wow yeah. Because it, you can tell they had to have spent a lot of money if they were translating it. So it's going to take people time to do that. Yeah. And to tie in the culture with it. Yeah, that's just a
2: lot of time and energy if it ends up not being something that's well liked. And they have to sh- shut it down after. I'm hoping that's not when the that's case. how long. Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So this year's festival runs from August 30th to November 12th. And throughout the festival they have Eat to the Beat concerts. There are dining packages that can be purchased to get priority seating for these concerts and the tickets are now on sale. The World Showcase is transformed during this time of year. You can sip and taste your way around the World Showcase trying new beverages and food. If you've never done
1: the Food and Wine Festival, I would encourage you to do it. It was a good way for us to try different things. I
2: believe that's where we tried empanadas in Mexico, Kaylee. I think so. And That was when we also tried sushi. Well, I Cal- you tried it. I had tried California Roll and realized I like
1: cooked sushi. Yes. We we don't do the the raw, but we like California roll. We like shrimp tempura roll. So that is a perfect time for you to try new things. And if you're on the Disney Dining Plan, a lot of those things can be purchased with your snack points, which makes it even better because then you're, you've are you already paid for that or if you've got free dining, then you're not wasting anything and you're having the opportunity to try new foods. Tokyo Disney Sea Expansion was announced this week. It's a new port of call coming in 2022, which I know, Kaylee, sounds like really, really far away. It really doesn't, It actually. Doesn't? It sounds like really far away to me. So Disney announced and the Oriental Land Company that another expansion of the Tokyo Disney Resort, adding a new area called Tokyo Disney Sea. And according to the Disney Parks blog, the new port of call at Tokyo Disney Sea will include Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan. And I thought that was interesting because Frozen and Tangled are relatively new, but Peter Pan is an is an older classic Disney film. I uh, I just thought that was interesting and I, I wondered why they chose those three together.
2: I don't know. I'm kind of looking at them, trying to think it's, if there's something that ties them together. But Okay, you it.
1: think of that while I continue...
2: So the overall theme of the port is Magical
1: Springs, and it'll include four new attractions. And so this will be the park's eighth port of call, joining the Mediterranean Harbor, American Waterfront, Port Discovery... Lost River, Delta, Arabian Coast, Mermaid Lagoon, and Mysterious Island. So additionally, it's being announced that the new area will be connected to a new deluxe hotel with a -a one-of-a-kind luxury wing. So Disney's building some big-time hotels right now because they got that going on, and we're going to report later in the show another one, and they got the Star Wars resort going on in Orlando, so they're busy. The expansion is expected to debut, as I told you before, during 2022, but it could extend into 2023 just if they have any issues or problems they want to give that window for themselves so that they're not off because they do, they don't like to be wrong and this is the largest expansion of Tokyo Disney Sea since the park opened in 2001 and the Oriental Land company is expecting to invest 250 billion yen. 250 billion yen, that's their money, but translated into our money is 2.266 billion United States dollars on this project. That is a lot of greenery. I don't know about you, but I don't have 2.266 billion dollars hanging around. So in conjunction with this expansion, the Walt Disney Company and the Intel Land Company have extended their licensing agreement until 2020. 76 That is
2: a long time away. I was I gonna say that one
1: I was gonna say I'm pretty sure that I will be gone because
2: I will be over 100 if I I'm will be here. almost 80 yeah. so I'd prefer to almost be in my time <laughs> if I'm not already but that's a long contract I didn't
1: know that anybody did contracts for that long. It's Disney they do what they want Yes that's true.
2: Disney Channel announces Freaky Friday premiere date. So Disney Channel has announced the release date for its upcoming Disney Channel original movie Freaky Friday. It debuts on Disney Channel on Friday, August 10th. Cozy Zulsdorf Mm -hmm. I tried my best to announce her name. Stars as the daughter, Ellie Blake. Heidi Blickenstaff stars as mom, Catherine Blake. Wow. Their character names are quite plain compared to their (laughs) real life names. (laughs) Ricky He stars as Ellie's friend Adam, Alex Desert. From Let It Shine. Hmm, I don't know. That doesn't ring a bell for me. Okay. Um, and he plays Catherine's fiance, Mike. Jason Maybaum from Raven's Home will play Ellie's little brother, Fletcher. Hmm, I did not know they were rebooting this. I know, I thought that was interesting because this will be the third Freaky Friday. I guess they're trying to make it relevant again, but even the 2005 one is still very relevant. It's just, they can show it on, I feel like they could still show that on Disney Channel. It's 13 years old though. It is, but I mean, it's still relevant. I thought it was pretty quick because I believe
1: the other one is 1976 was the original one and then they did 2004.
2: I guess that's about right. About or the maybe same they are the making it Disney Channel safe because when you think about it, there's a part where she gets a piercing. There's like therapy sessions in there. Now, I'm, I don't think any of this is bad, listeners. I'm just trying to think maybe this is what Disney's thinking, we can't show this to children. I oh, don't I don't know. know. But I love that kid from Raven's Home, that
1: little boy, that's He's going to yeah. play her brother. So I'm anxious to see what this is like. So I know you're crazy, but are you, you, I know I'm crazy, but I, bet, I think I'm putting it on the calendar so I don't forget to at least record it if we're not home because that mm-hmm. is the weekend we're taking your brother to college. So I want to make sure that I don't forget that. Put a drum roll in here, please, Brad. So we've been reporting that Comcast was trying to buy Fox over Disney. And so I do have an update on that. I wasn't able to tell you last week, even though we were on the day that it was supposed to have happened. Nothing had been released and it actually did not get released until Friday last week. So, I mean, they were keeping a pretty good tight lip on this one. So, Comcast outbid Walt Disney World for a number of 21st Century Fox's assets that were up for grabs. And Comcast offered the values, the assets, at $65 billion, while Disney bid $52.4 billion. Both is a lot of money. I wish I had. Um, chump (laughs) change. So, this means that Comcast is putting a 19% premium on their offer. And additionally, while Disney's bid is a stock offer... Comcast is cash, all in cash. Yeah, who has that cash money? I just want to know. And where are they keeping it? I want to know how many places they had to hit up to get that cash money. I have no idea. So for other details in the proposal, Comcast is agreeing to meet the specifics of Disney's deal, including a $2.5 billion reverse termination fee. And the company has offered to cover the $1.525 billion 21 CF, which would owe Disney for breaking off the current deal. So they're going to pay Disney off so that they can break the deal that Disney wants to do. Yeah, I know. This is insane. and Comcast had previously made bids to buy the 21st Century Fox assets but their offers had been rejected citing regulatory concerns not by coincidence though this move comes after a judge ruled that AT&T could proceed with its acquisition of Time Warner in the event that Fox decides to entertain Comcast's offer Disney would still have a chance to create a counter offer. So what we hear, people, is this is not over yet. This is now a bidding war to see who is going to get Fox, Comcast or Disney. And
2: I don't think Comcast is going to give up easily based on these numbers. Yeah, if they're willing to shell that much out for it. Honestly, like, this is going to go for a while.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that this will be, unless something big happens, I can't imagine this is going to be over before the end of the year. I feel like this is going to go back and forth, back and forth. It's not going to be as quick as the Star Wars... Uh, acquisition, or we acquired it from Lucasfilms. True. We'll see.
2: So, the poster for the live-action Dumbo film has been released. So, the official film synopsis is from Disney and visionary director Tim Burton. The all-new grand live action adventure Dumbo expands on the beloved classic story where differences are celebrated, family is cherished, and dreams take flight. Circus owner Max Medici, which is Danny DeVito, enlists former star Holt Ferrier, if you pronounce it correctly, I yeah, guess, is Colin Farrell and his children Millie, played by Nico Parker and Joe Finley-Hobbins, to care for a newborn elephant whose oversized ears make him a laughing stock in an already struggling circus. But when they discover that Dumbo can fly, the circus makes an incredible comeback, attracting persuasive entrepreneur V.A. Vanderveer which will be played by Michael Keaton. Wow. Who recruits the peculiar Pachyderm for his newest larger-than-life entertainment venture, Dreamland. Dumbo soars to new heights alongside a charming and spectacular aerial artist, Colette Marchand, played by Eva Green, until Holt learns that beneath its shiny veneer, Dreamland is full of dark secrets. That's got a really star-studded cast right there. It does
1: have a star-studded cast, but when it ended with Dark Secrets, I could have saw that coming
2: because it's being directed by Tim Burton. Tim Burton and he and Michael Keaton is the I don't know, Michael Keaton's good at playing bad guys. I don't know, he played Batman though. Oh in the in the recent in the original. Well, in the recent uh Spider-Man film, he had played a villain. So. He played a
1: villain, so maybe he's taking on that villain role. But this should be interesting uh, to see the take because Tim Burton is also the one that did the Alice in Wonderland. Correct?
2: Yes, his vision is very. I think it's very odd because I wonder when we talked about in our Sherman Brothers episode about the Jungle Book being rewritten by the Sherman Brothers after the original version that was created or the version of the songs was too dark for Disney, and so sometimes I kind of wonder if Tim Burton's take on things would be too dark if Disney were, like, still alive, or maybe Disney would have moved with the times and thought, well, maybe this will be good for, um, the company, and maybe this is what people want to see, but I just, it makes me wonder if this is too dark for what Walt Disney would think as a Disney film. Oh, I know. And so, I just... I don't know. I'm interested to see it because animating an elephant or... Obviously, they can't they can't use a real elephant at all times for most of this stuff. Oh, right. And so, animating an elephant and making it look real, they have done before because they did... Obviously, they did the remake of The Jungle Book and right. one person in that whole film yeah. was live. Uh, so... And it was a child, so I mean, it's very possible to do it, but I'm just interested to see if it's super dark or if he takes a lighter. tape. I don't know. Tim Burton's always I can't a little- imagine taking a lighter. Take on anything. But- that's Tim Burton. Well, lighter in his film career, career I guess. Yes,
1: his genre. So, so Disneyland people, Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome mix live has reserved seating available for annual pass holder- holders. You can now reserve it so that you can't. Now it's saying that, but that's not disneyland i apologize disneyland listeners it's saying that it's now the annual pass holders can now reserve their seating but it's at epcot so i apologize that article was mislabeled to take advantage of the special seating the pass holders have to visit the american adventure to pick up a wristband for one of the five daily shows and the annual pass along with photo id is required when you go to get that so the show features star lord and gamora in person as a seven piece alien band and brings you many of the favorite hits It's an awesome mix from Volumes 1 and 2 of Guardians of the Galaxy, and it is live, of course. And the showtimes are 1.30, 2.30, 5.30, 6.45, and 8 o'clock daily, now through August 19th. So I apologize to my Disneyland listeners. I was not trying to mislead you, but I know that's what it said at the beginning of the article. So that's very, very bizarre.
2: Yeah, they're keeping it true to the movie because they're taking the mixtapes that he, that Star-Lord has from the movies. And those are the songs they're going to be incorporating in this dance. Very cool. Extravaganza, it seems. So, win a -a one-of-a-kind Walt Disney World experience glamping in Pandora. That sounds kind of disgusting and scary, but we're I think up. it's glamorous camping. I know, but combined. it doesn't sound glamorous if you mix it. Right, I know, but when I after I read the article, I was like, oh, this makes sense. Well, want to spend the night in Pandora, the world of Avatar? Disney is offering the ultimate glamping experience at Disney's Animal Kingdom for one lucky winner. Along with the night in Pandora, the winner will receive round-trip airfare, two four-day park tickets, VIP tour guides, and a $250 gift card. You simply Google Decamp Contest, and tell Disney why you would like to be the winner in Sleep Under the Stars in Pandora. And I have to tell you, Kaylee, if you haven't had a chance to look at
1: this yet, you need to look at it. They make it pretty spectacular, which I understand why they're saying glamping, because they make it look, you know, they've got Pandora all lit up, and then you're in this pretty spectacular-looking tent that's close to being a building, but it's a tent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the nice tents that you see on movies of kids camping, not the real tents like what I used to sleep in when I went on
2: campouts. Yeah. Well, it does say one person will win and it says though will along with the the glancing experience they get to four-day park ticket, so they can bring another person. They get to bring one person with them. Yeah. So that just, oh my gosh, that'd be hard if you only got one person. Well, if you were married, obviously. okay, if you're married, but like, if you were like my age or like in my situation where I'd be like, I don't know who I'm bringing. You
1: would bring your mom so that we could report on it while we we're there. Oh, okay. We'll see. You put in your, you put in your heartfelt reasoning as to why you want to sleep under the stars and maybe you'll win it. We just don't know. So this is awesome for our. Disney World friends, Disneyland, I'm so sorry. We're hoping that you get some kind of My Disney Experience app soon or that they'll do this for you. But here is the coolest thing. So we always have the guess and wait thing with the buses or we have in the years past. I wonder when the bus is going to be at the bus stop. I wonder when the bus is going to be at our resort. Now that can be answered for you on your My Disney Park experience app and all you have to do is go on there find the resort that you're at and it will tell you approximately within a couple minutes of what time that your bus will be arriving at your resort for the magic kingdom for epcot hollywood studios animal kingdom disney springs all the stuff that's down there the other cool oh and the water parks and the other cool thing is that this used to be just signs and they'll still have those the signs that in the recent years they, they put up like big screen TVs and we could tell when our buses were coming and it, it was pretty accurate within a couple minutes and sometimes if they got caught in traffic it would change by a few minutes but now that can all be handled on our Disney app and I was wondering if they really pushed to get this done because so many people are using Uber now.
2: Maybe and it could be because I mean it's not that that's I don't know it's not that it's necessarily that they want to discourage Uber but they don't want the Disney transportation to seem outdated Inadequate. or yeah inadequate in a way that they're just like well people would rather use Uber because the Disney transportation's bad. So they're still trying to make it seem marketable and obviously you'll still have people who use Uber but they they don't want it to be oh Uber is the main form of transportation here now.
1: So there is a new thing that you can click on right on my Disney experience that says see bus times and then you'll click on your resort and go through it that way and I think it's going to be very helpful because I would love to have that especially on Christmas morning when we're trying to get there when the park first opens and it we just know how crazy and how many people are going to be there. I think that'll be great to see. Do we need to get an Uber or should we just wait for the bus because it's going to be here within a couple minutes which is what happened to us last year.
2: Yeah, I think, I think definitely the advantage will be you can look at it from your room because that was the thing. Even having the screens, now obviously I can't complain. We're in Disney World, but right. they're always just wanting it to be better because they're charging you a lot to be in the most magical yes. place on earth. You're so they want to. They yes, yeah, so they want to make sure you're getting. The best, So I think that's the thing is even with the screens and having the bus times, you just kind of have to wing it when you're running from your room down to the bus stop. But if you're in your room and you see that a bus is about to leave in like a minute, then you send your brother to run down to the bus stop and stop the bus. (laughs) You can do that if you have a tall brother with long legs and can truck it. Or you're
1: laughing because that is what we do to Joey a lot. We do that,
2: and he's probably going to get to a point now where he's like, "I am not doing that anymore." I'm 18 now, uh, but it'll be nice because if it's if there's no way you're going to make that bus, you can kind of just you don't have to run, I guess. If you don't want to, you can do what we just said and have a family member truck it. Or if your uh, room is really far away from the bus stop then you don't have to worry about chugging down to the bus stop and then you get there and it says you have to wait 15 minutes for a bus anyway. Right. So, it'll it's just kind of the convenience factor is there. It is. They are really doing a good job of that. All right. Well, Disney's review Riveria? Riviera? Riviera. Riviera. Okay. Disney's Riviera Resort is now visible from inside Epcot. And with these photos showing the view across the World showcase lagoon, you can kind of see that. At the resort's announcement, it was mentioned that the rooftop restaurant would have views of the nightly Epcot fireworks, so its visibility from inside the park isn't a surprise. That kind of sounds familiar. Like California Grill. That I That they have in Magic Kingdom. So I wonder if they're going to make this a thing. Well, and that's what... I- Keep reading, and then I'll talk to you some more about
1: what I was thinking.
2: So, the new resort is planned to open in the fall of 2019. That's pretty... Close. Close. And it will feature 300 accommodation units and linked via the new Disney Skyliner gondola system. So, Disney Skyliner will connect the new Disney Vacation Club property, Disney's Art of Animation, Pop Century, and Caribbean Beach Resorts with Disney's Hollywood Studios in the International Gateway at Epcot.
1: Hmm. So, what I'm seeing here is... This is going to be like Saratoga Springs or one of the treetop villages or one of the things that is only for Disney Club Vacation Club packages. However, the way that this article is worded, we will be able to make reservations there just like what you said with California Grill being overlooking Magic Kingdom. Only this is going to overlook Epcot. And we already know that Star Wars Land is going to be attached to Hollywood Studios because we reported on that last week or the week before. So pretty much Animal Kingdom is going to be the only resort that doesn't have a towering something that you can, you know, a towering resort or a towering restaurant that can look at the fireworks that are being shown.
2: That's true. But I guess they do want it to still fit the aura to an extent. And if they were to create something like that for Animal Kingdom, I imagine they would want it to be like a tree oh, or no. something nature based. I'm sure. But I thought that was pretty cool.
1: So this week also Also, Disney's 4th of July celebration schedule was announced, so if you are going to be there, or you weren't planning on being there, but this sounds cool and you want to be there, this would be the time to try to get you some final bookings for a resort or even stay off property and go, even though we love to be in the Disney Bubble ninety. Uh, 94-7. 24-7. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm reading highways off of my head now. So Magic Kingdom will have a Disney Celebrate America 4th of July concert in the sky. And it'll show at 9-15 on July 3rd and July 4th. And this is something that they do on... New the night before New Year's Eve and so on the 30th and on New Year's Eve, they're going to have DJs host dance parties in Frontierland and Tomorrowland on 3rd and 4th also. So that kind of cuts down on the crowd in it. And it's a really cool experience. Kaylee and Joey really enjoyed that last year as they got to try their Dole Whip and listen to the DJs and just watch the variety of people dancing and messing around with the DJ. You remember that part? Yeah, it was fun. Then in Epcot, the Illuminations Reflections of Earth will have a special July 4th finale at 9 p.m. on July 4th. Also, the Voices of Liberty a cappella group will perform traditional Americana songs in the American Gardens Theater um, on stage at 5.30, 6.45, and 8 o'clock. And Disney characters will be dressed in Independence Day attire to meet their guests during that day. So, depending on what... Ki- Uh, characters they have out, and they usually have a lot of the princesses out, so I guess they're going to dress the princesses also in Independence Day attire, which would be really cool. I'd love to see pictures if Yeah, that'd be rare. If uh, our listeners happen to be there at that time and get some awesome pictures, I'm sure we'll maybe be able to look at that on Google later. Disney's Hollywood Studios um, has the Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular at 10pm on July the 4th, and then some patriotic treats that you'll be able to find in some theme parks and resorts a 4th of July cupcake featuring an apple pie filling at the Creature Comforts and Isles of Chava at Animal Kingdom, a sparkly red and white blue coconut macaroon dipped in white chocolate at Boardwalk Bakery at Disney's Boardwalk Resort, and patriotic dipped strawberries and Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse mini domes at Amaretts at Disney Springs. So they're really trying to uh, put those tasty treats out for you. I'm sure they're going to have red, white, and blue stuff everywhere or other places. I think that they just... Listed these few that they're going to do that are special for that event. The Fourth of July at Fort Wilderness uh, Resorts and Campgrounds is going, they're going to offer several special events around the Fourth of July holiday. So the Fourth of July 5K run will take place on Tuesday, July the third. They want you to pre-register between June 24th and the 30th, and from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Fort Wilderness Bike Barn. And site registration begins at 7 a.m. in the field next to Mickey's Barbecue Backyard Barbecue, and the run begins from that location at 7:30 a.m which is later than most runs that happen at Disney World, so that's interesting. The 4th of July Golf Cart Parade begins at 4 p.m. on July the 4th, and registrations for that also open June 24th through the 30th from 9 to 5 at the Fort Wilderness Bike Barn. The 4th of July Beach Bash at Clementine's Beach will take place from 6 to 11 on July 4th, and the guests will get to enjoy live DJ, dancing games, contests, a movie, and more. And in addition, the Fort Wilderness Food Truck will be available in the settlement with delicious items that people can purchase. They will also have um, some. Patriotic Dip Strawberries on hand, it's saying. I guess they're going to ship them over to Fort Wilderness so that you have the opportunity to buy those there. And I think that is about it. But that, that's a big undertaking for the 4th of July. For the Yeah, park. I
2: mean, they gotta go big. Marshmallow to debut DuckTales-themed music video. Marshmallow and Disney have collaborated on a special DuckTales-inspired music video of the music producer-slash-DJ's hit single, Fly, will debut on Saturday. June 24th during Disney Channel's broadcast of The Incredibles and leading into the 2018 Radio Disney Music Awards that will be from 8 to 10pm. It will also be available in the Disney Now app. So, you might want to explain who Marshmello is for anybody who's
1: my age that's listening because uh, I did not know who Marshmello was. Oh, he is a rapper. And the kids at school were asking me to play some song by them and I was like I
2: don't know who Marshmello is. I've officially outgrown the Disney Channel age because I read it and was thinking the same thing mom did and I thought I don't know who this is
1: Marshmallow is something that I eat for a special treat or roast over an open fire but no it is a rapper and he is working with the DuckTales people to record something
2: well wow that aged me well mom why don't you take us back here
1: we go
0: we're traveling backwards in time right now we're leaving the world of today behind so if your imagination is ready here we go
1: June 20th, 1976, Walt Disney World's River Country, it was a water park to Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, opened. And it was inspired by Mark Twain's The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. And it is Disney's first attempt at a themed water park. So it was before, obviously, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. And it's positioned on the shore of Bay Lake near Discovery Island. And River Country is filled with rocks and man-made boulders and features water slides and inner tube rocks. excuse me inner tube river rides and on that day oh wow this is really aging me president gerald ford's daughter susan helped with the official opening of the river country and it actually closed in november 2001 due to the part the Florida laws prohibiting it to use natural bodies of water for a water park usage and i'm sure that had something to do with the creatures in the bay lake
2: that or they were worried about diseases that they couldn't um, treat probably and that would be a liability thing that if somebody caught something and they couldn't treat it and somebody died from it they could be held responsible very likely
1: so that is when the Imagineers got to work on thinking up Disney's Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach but I mean it was around for a while from 76 to 2001 so that's a pretty good stretch before they realized they needed to do something that was a little more safer June 21st 1961 and I picked this one specifically because we've been talking so much about the sherman brothers and this is one of my favorite movies disney's the parent trap that was originally starring hayley mills maureen o'hara and brian keith was released on that day june 21st 1961 and we've talked about it a lot in the last couple weeks so i won't bore everybody with it but it's about two girls that were separated when their parents got a divorce and they re-met each other at camp or Reunite. re Reunited, thank you. June 22nd, 1955 is when date. Day- <laughs> I really need to go to bed. Disney's Lady and the Tramp, the studio's first feature-length cartoon produced in CinemaScope was generally released. It was directed by Clyde Gironomi Wilfred Jackson, and Hamilton Lusky and the film featured the voices of Peggy Lee, who also co-wrote the music, Barbara Luddy, Larry Roberts, and Bill Thompson. And it was a romantic tale of a sheltered uptown cocker spaniel and a streetwise downtown Town mutt. And the idea from the film came from a book that was written by Ward Green, Happy Dan, the Whistling Dog, which I do not know that I ever knew. I did not know that either. I mean, it's fun to find out that, that, that it originated from something. I just
2: think I always assume the Imagineers just created this out of their brain. True. It always does. And I mean, it's not the first time, obviously, Walt Disney has pulled inspiration from a book. Oh, no. no, no Mary no. Poppins. Right. And all, there are tons where he's he read Wonderland. books with his girls, right. and that's what sparked an interest or an idea. But pretty cool.
1: So on June 23rd, 1963, at Disneyland, the Enchanted Tiki Room, the first attraction to feature audio animatronic figures patented and first developed by WED Enterprises, opened to the public. So 1963. That is a long time ago. Yeah, that really is. 50-something years ago. So... Um, it was sponsored by United Airlines at the time and the presentation featured over 150 talking, singing, and dancing birds, flowers, and magic fountain tiki drummers and tiki totem poles performing their attraction to the signature tune The Tiki 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 Room and Let's All Sing Like the Birdies. The Hawaiian-themed musical is hosted by four Cause. Jose, voiced by Wally Boag, Michael, voiced by Fulton Burley, Pierre, voiced by Ernie Newton, and Fritz, voiced by Thurl Ravenscroft. June 24th, 2008, Disney is awarded six times at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror's 34th Annual Saturn Awards held at the Universal Hilton Hotel in Universal City, California. So Disney's Enchanted took home three awards for Best Fantasy Film, Best Actress played by Amy Adams, and Best Music by Alan Minkin, And the other Disney winners that night were Brad Bird for Ratatouille for his Best Writing, Vanille and Martin Samuel, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, and for Best Makeup—oh, they were for Best Makeup, sorry— and then Ratatouille for Best Animated Film. So that was a pretty big night for Disney in 2008 to take home six of those awards, and I realize those are probably not as well-known as the Oscars or the Grammys, but it's six awards— In one night. Yeah, for things that you have going on. June 25th, 1985, at about 9 p.m., a Walt Disney World monorail catches on fire while en route from Epcot to Magic Kingdom, and there were 200 passengers safely evacuated from the elevated tracks by ladders and cherry picker cranes because they were up in the air as we talked about when we on another episode we were talking about monorails there are spots that you could get to them that it wouldn't be so dangerous or maybe somebody might be willing to jump and not get hurt but a lot of it is 50 feet in the air and is dangerous for you to be doing that so they I believe this is the one where the people had to get on top of the roof of the monorail so that they were safe and get them off of the monorail safely June 26, 2016 I chose this one because we've been talking me so much about the Sherman Brothers and I love Dick Van Dyke and I love that he's still around entertaining people. He paid a visit to Walt Disney's childhood home in Chicago, Illinois. Now I know that we talk about Marceline and that is where Walt Disney's vision came for Main Street USA and that is where he moved. I believe he was nine years old but this is when in his younger years. The 90 year old entertainer was there to promote the near-finished restoration of Walt Disney's house and to perform a show that evening at the historic Tivoli Theater in Downers Grove. The Mary Poppins star stands in front of the famous Disney house with his 44-year-old wife, Arlene, by his side, and he led the
2: fans in a sing-along of Let's Go Fly a Kite. Well, that was all pretty interesting, I would say. Pretty broad, too. A lot of different things happening.
1: Well, I try... (laughs) I feel like sometimes I get stuck in a rut doing movies or awards, so I
2: try to go all over the place this time to give us a little variety in our history. Yeah, and it was really spread out over time periods, too. With the parent trap all the way to the 2016. That was just two years ago. Right. So, if you are interested in being a guest on our show, or you have a question or a comment, simply text us at 407-674-0414 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or,
1: if you'd like to book a trip, or you'd just want a free quote. Text us at 407-674-0414 or contact us at travel at mousecapades.net. Be sure and check out those deals that came out for 2019 vacations. We would love to uh, book your vacation for 2019 or give you that free quote. But remember to check out our
2: friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, Kaylee, I think it's about that time. Peace! And love. Have a magical
1: day, my friends.
0: You've been listening to the all new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.